is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is Pastor Rob Chambers of Reedtown Community Church in Newport, Tennessee. It is our earnest hope and prayer that something will be said or done through word or song that will be a blessing to your heart. I hope and trust you've had a good time in the Lord this morning. I hope and trust you've put yourself in the service. If you haven't, there's still time. Still time to inject yourself in the service. Still time to receive your blessing from God. If you don't put nothing in, you're not going to get something out. You can't receive something if you don't first give. So you're going to have to take part in the service this morning, whether it's by prayer, whether it's by song, whether it's by, by reaching out a, a hand of fellowship someone else, some way, somehow, some way. We have to take part in the service this morning. Thursday morning, I was in the truck driving, and the one good thing about all the driving that we're having to do now back and forth, sometimes we're covering all the way from Briar Thicket to Townsend. There's just no telling where we're going to go in the morning. The only good thing about that is I can dial my radio into some good gospel music. I can find me some good preaching and teaching on the radio, and I can get a little bit of the Word of God while I'm going to my next job. But there was a man come on. He's in the middle of a series of, 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 of teaching, preaching. One of my favorite scriptures. I was excited. I was looking forward to it. Couldn't wait to hear him. He jumps in and starts, and he had it all completely and totally wrong from top to bottom. And I got tied in all kinds of different knots. If there's nothing that just absolutely tears me up more, it's when somebody misinterprets, when somebody misrepresents, when someone fails to take the entire Word of God and stands and preaches and teaches something that the Word of God don't say. That gets all over me. That climbs up one side and walks down the other with a pair of baseball spikes on. I just can't deal with it. And I'm ranting and raving in the truck, and I'm, Lord, why are you letting this guy on the radio? Lord, why are you letting him? Lord, why do you let people? Son, you're a preacher. Preach it. Okay, Lord, I will. I'll do that Sunday morning. That's what we'll do Sunday morning. So that's where we're going to look this morning. You may have known the man. I know you've heard his name. Very prominent Bible teacher and preacher. You may have even been listening to the same program I was listening to. And it's not through conceit or I think myself a better preacher or teacher than this man by far. He's by far more skilled than I am. But I can't stand error in the Word of God. I can't tolerate it. I don't think God can either. So I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Romans, the 8th chapter. We're going to read the first four verses. And I know it's going through some of your head. Back there again, preacher, you preached on that not long ago. Yes, I did. But we're going back for one of two reasons. Either the last time we were here, I didn't preach it right, didn't bring something out, or two, somebody here didn't get it the last time. So God is sending us back this morning. God is sending us back to the 8th chapter of Romans, the first four verses. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ hath made me free, free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, 
but after the Spirit. I could read that verse every day, all day long. There is there, therefore, no condemnation. Can somebody say amen? If you're a child of God, you ought to be jumping up and down, hollering and squealing beside yourself this morning. There is therefore now no condemnation. Does that not excite you in any way, shape, form, or fashion? If it doesn't fire you up, if it doesn't get you feeling a little bubbly inside, you need to come to the altar. You need to come to the altar and pray. What are you talking about, preacher? No condemnation. There's no guilt. I'm no longer guilty anymore. That is the worst feeling in the world, the feeling of guilt. Oh, I hate that. I've always, always hated that. My mama could look at me and say something, and I'd say, no, mama. No, mama, it wasn't me. And she'd just look at me. She'd just look at me. It wouldn't take long to yeah, mama, it's me. That guilt would begin to work and to begin to turn and begin to, to strangle my spirit inside. I couldn't stand it. Can't stand the feeling of guilt. I don't have that anymore. It's gone. It's removed as far as the east is to the west. There's no guilt in my life anymore because of Jesus. Now if I sin, if I slip up, if I do something wrong now, the guilt comes and it begins to twist and it begins to squeeze and the Holy Spirit begins to say, Hey Rob, little man, little man. But I have an advocate with the Father. First John. I can go to Him and He forgives and cleanses me of all unrighteousness and I'm back under no condemnation. I've got that free spirit inside me again. Imagine yourself a criminal, murderer, thief, whatever you want to call it, whatever idea you want to use. You're standing before the judge. He knows you did it. The jury knows you did it. The prosecuting attorney knows you did it. The defense attorney knows you did it. You know you did it. The people watching the trial know you did it. Everybody knows you did it. But the judge comes back not guilty. That's you and I as a child of God. Guilty, 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 guilty. But the judge brings back the verdict not guilty. Not guilty. Not because of insanity or, or, or any other of these things you hear today in trial. Not guilty by the blood of the Lamb. Not guilty by the blood of the Lamb. Guilty of what? Guilty of what, preacher? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Period. Every man, woman, boy, and girl from the moment they're born, they're born into sin and all are born guilty of sin. Jesus himself says there is none not good. When the rich young people come to him and said, Good master, Jesus said, Wait a minute. There's none good but the Father. None. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have guilt and condemnation on us. Where does it come from, preacher? Romans 8, verse 2. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The law. I'm condemned under the law. You're condemned under the law. 
Your parents are condemned under the law. Your children, your neighbors, all of us, we're condemned under the law. The law is not flawed. The law is the law of God. The law is perfect. The problem lies, and you'll find it in verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The problem comes with you and I. God's law is perfect. God's law is fine. We are too weak to hold the law. We're too late, weak to fulfill the law. The law is like a road map. If you're going to take a trip, you're at point A. You want to get to point B. You get a map and you look on there and you find the quickest, easiest, most convenient road that will take you from point A to point B. That's what the law does. I'm lost. I'm separated from God. I'm on earth. I want to go to heaven. I need a way to get there. I get out the Bible. There's the law. Here's how you get there. You do this. You don't do that. You do this. You don't do that. You can go to heaven. I can't follow those directions, Brother Buford. I can't do that. I'm too weak. The law is a road map. It provides the path, but it doesn't provide the fuel. It doesn't provide the fuel, Sister Millie. If I go on vacation and I've got my itinerary planned, I've got my path that I'm going to take, I've got it all drawn out to the minute, but I never put gas in the car, will I go anywhere? Nope. I'll sit at home. There won't be any vacation. There won't be any trip. The law does not fuel the tank. The law tells you how, but it doesn't give you the power. It doesn't give you the energy. It doesn't give you the wherewithal to get where you need to go. Preacher, what's the fuel? The Holy Ghost of God is the fuel. You've got to have the Holy Ghost of God in you to be able to follow the road map of the law. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God, saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the power. Well, you were talking about the preacher you heard on the radio. That he had you all tore up because he was preaching wrong. He took the first few words of the first verse of that chapter. There is now therefore no condemnation. And he used that to back up his claim of eternal security. That was his sermon. That was his message. He took half the verse. Oh, it climbed all over me. I'll stand here this morning and I will tell you I believe with all of my heart, mind, soul, and body that I do believe there is eternal security, but I take the entire verse. There is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Take it all. you got to take it all, Christian. You can't pick and choose. We can't divide it in half. We can't cut and paste like you do on a computer. Oh, I like this. I'll take this out and I'll move this over here and I'll raise your hands and cut. You can't cut and paste the Word of God. You have to take it like it is. There is there, therefore, no condemnation, no guilt to those that are are, are, not were, not will be, are now in Christ Jesus. Currently, this moment, in Christ Jesus. What does that mean, preacher? That are washed in the blood of the Lamb, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and are living, living now 
in the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not only washed in the blood and it's over and said and done. We've got to live in the blood. We've got to live under the Word. We've got to live according to God. What about if you're not in Christ Jesus? There's the flaw. There's the rub. I've heard people say, if they're not in Christ Jesus, they never got saved to start with when they came to the altar. They never really got saved. Some people, I'll agree with that. I've seen people come to this altar. I've come and prayed with them. They didn't get saved. They didn't get saved. Preacher, how do you know? You can't judge them. I can tell you right now because they're back out in the world, there never was a change in their life. And the Word of God tells me if there's no change, then there was no salvation. But there's one thing that I can speak to you about, and I can speak to you with authority. I can do like Paul did. I can tell you what God did for me. Not bragging in self, never, never. But bragging in my Lord and my Master and my King. I was saved when I was seven years old, just about a half mile up the road at Open Door Church under that man's preaching. I was miraculously, gloriously saved by the Holy Ghost of God and what Jesus Christ did for me and my acceptance of Him. I was saved. Saved, saved, saved. Some of you were there. Some of you may even remember it. I was there. I remember it. I was saved. I didn't understand it all. Far from it. But I knew enough. I understood enough that if I died, I would go to hell because I was a lost sinner boy. I understood enough to know I needed a Savior. And I came in repentance and accepted Him as my Lord and Savior. Flash forward a few years, 16 years old, 15 years old. Had to have a car. 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 What happens when you get a car? When you have to have a car and you get a car, you have to have a job. Jobs back then... Well, we got you. We need you to work Wednesday night and Sunday. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I'm not going to blame the car, my job, or when I worked for what happened to me. I am the one responsible for what happened to me. Me and me alone. Me. I backslid. Hard. Hard. And I spent six years Six years made my life a shambles. Reached the point one day in tears. Lord, what am I going to do? Never quit praying. Probably prayed more those six years I was away from God than before because I was scared to death. I was backslid and I knew I was backslid. I knew I was out of the will of God and His graces. And I knew if the Savior came back to rapture the church, I was going to be facing God's judgment. I knew if I died, I'd go to hell. Because I had sin in my life and the Word of God clearly states no sin shall enter into heaven. But like the prodigal son, I came to myself one day. I said, I'll go back to my father. I'll go back to my father and I'll beg his forgiveness. And I won't ask for the position that I had before. I'll just be a servant. I'd learn my lesson. 
I was no longer the big thing that I thought I was. I was humble. I was meek. And I was low. I crawled back to this altar. Very same piece of wood sitting there right now. February 1993. I cried, God forgive me. God have mercy on me. Oh God, if you can find it in your heart, forgive me. Father, I know that I once knew you and I turned away from your will and your word. But God, if you can find it, Father, I'm sorry. And like the prodigal, the father was standing waiting. Had been waiting. Been waiting for the son to return. Put the robe on me. The ring and the shoes on my feet. Restored me. But in those six years, in those six years, had I went out of this world by the way of death or if the rapture had occurred, I'd have missed heaven. I would have missed heaven because I was backslidden. I was not in Jesus. As Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, there is now therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I was not in Christ Jesus. I was into everything else, but not Christ Jesus. So that meant that there was condemnation on me, right? If there's no condemnation to those that are in, those who aren't in, where are they? They're in condemnation, correct? That's just logic. That's just common sense. I was in between. I was a man without a country. I'd been saved. You can only be saved one time. I'd been saved. But I wasn't in Jesus. Where was I? I was somewhere in between. I was in limbo. Revelations chapter 3. The church at Laodicea. What did he say? He said, I would that you were hot or cold. But because you are neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. That was me. I was neither hot or cold. I was in the middle. I was in limbo. If you look in Luke chapter 9 verse 62, Jesus said unto them, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Galatians 4 and 9, But now... After that ye have known God, or rather, <laughs> are known of God. How then ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. That was like the dog that returned to his vomit. Let me give you an example. My wife and girls have a dog. Little miniature dachshund, little weenie dog. Stands about eight inches high at the shoulders, and he's about two foot long. He gets excited, he bends in four or five different directions. You take him and you give him a bath, comb him out, curry him down good. Fur gets just as slick and shiny, just as pretty as it can be. You open the door to let him out, what does he do? As fast as he can go, he goes and he starts digging. 
he starts rolling. He'll roll under the camper. He'll roll in the mud. If there's something dead in the road, he'll roll in that. He's got a spot in my yard, Doug, that's about three foot long, about that wide, which is as wide as he is, and it's about three foot deep. He's a burrower. That's what they're bred for. They're bred to burrow in and, and chase animals underground. He goes back to what is natural to him. He goes back to what he understands and what he's bred for. And then he comes scratching at my front door. Want me to come let him in. Got red clay mud all over him. You can't see any white on him. Can't see much of the black. It's caked in his beard and his eyes. It's all over him. What do I say to him when he comes to the door? You can't come in. You're not clean. You can't come in my house. If he runs in the door, Sister Brenda, I grab him and I throw him back out. I don't want him in my house. He's nasty. He's impure. He's unclean. That's the same with God. When we're nasty, when we're impure, when we're unclean, when there's sin that taints our life, God says, you can't come in my house. You cannot come in my house. What does my wife do? I tell her she don't do something about that dog, make him stop digging, give him away or something, I'm going to kill him. She'll take him, give him a bath. She'll clean him back up again. The girls will give him a bath. They'll hold him and they'll dry him with a towel and they'll play with him and they'll cut away with him. And I'm sitting there the whole time looking at him and he's looking at me just like I told you so. He loves Brother J.C. to death. When we come to God with sin in our life, that dog comes in, he's nasty, he's filthy, he's covered. With sin, it only takes one. When you transgress one law, you transgress the entire law, the Word of God says. When you tell a lie, you're a murderer, you're a rapist, you're an adulterer, you're all that. You're an idolater. One sin is all that will keep you from entering into heaven. Just the same as I won't let that little dog in my house. Just the same as if it was five below zero. If it was 130 degrees, I wouldn't let him in my house. God will not back down from what he says. It doesn't matter how much begging, how much crying, how much pleading. We've done all these things in your name, Lord. We've cast out demons. We've healed. We've saved us. We've done this. God's going to say, I don't care. You have sin in your life. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. Ladies, come to the piano. Where are you this morning? Where do you stand before God? Preacher, I don't know how I stand before God. Don't hand me that. You know. You know. And I tell you what, most of the people around you in your life know too. And that's not judging. There's an old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. That's true with a book. You can't judge a book by its cover. But you can, people. You can, you can determine a person's 
heart, a person's commitment, a person's faith by their life and how they live. You can. What we do, what we say, where we go, how we act is a direct reflection of what's in here. The Word of God says so. The Word of God says so. Are you washed in the blood of Jesus Christ this morning? Are you in Christ Jesus? You may be here, never been saved, as lost as lost can be, never professed Jesus Christ. You need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. You may be here this morning, you were like me, backslidden. You need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. You may be here this morning and you've been a Christian longer than I've been alive. You still need the blood of the Lamb. You have to live in the blood of the Lamb so that it can constantly be cleansing and washing and purifying your life. No difference between sinner, backslider, or saint when it comes to the blood of the Lamb. We all must be in Christ Jesus. So I'm asking you this morning, are you in Christ Jesus? It's a simple question. There ain't but two answers you can give, yes or no. Yes or no. If you are in Christ Jesus, I encourage you to pray for just a few moments this morning. If you're here and your answer is no, I'm not in Christ Jesus, I beg with you, I plead with you, my soul cries out to God for you to come to this altar this morning and know Him in the free pardon of sin. Let Him wash you. Let Him cleanse you. Let Him rejuvenate you. As everyone stands to their feet and we sing this morning. We hope that you've enjoyed our podcast presentation. If you would like more information about the church or any additional podcast, please join us on the web at www dot reedtown community church podcast dot blogspot dot com that's spelled r e i d t o w n community church podcast dot blogspot dot com thank you and god bless